Well, I'm really excited to be here this morning. Um, like Britta said, this has been um, something that's been on my heart and my passion of mine for the last 15 years, 20 years, even before I met Bree, before I got here. Uh, my heart has been going towards this thing called missions. So to kind of give you a little story, my background in missions, I went on my first mission trip when I was in sixth grade. I lived in Northern California and we went as a youth group to Mexico, to Tijuana. Yeah. And it was like a weekend trip and we built a house on a poor community and, and you know, built a house for a poor family. And it was, it was really fun for me. And, and I remember going thinking, man, this is the adventure of a lifetime. You know, I've never been out, outside the country. And, and, and God just, I think that was when God just planted a small seed uh, on this thing called missions. And then a couple years down the road, I was a junior and I was at another church and we went to Mexico again. Like that. So we went to Mexico again to Tijuana and it was a bigger group. It was a, a family group. Um, it was called Club Dust. It's the coolest club you ever be part of, right? Um, and we went and we went to this poor neighborhood again outside of Tijuana, and we built a bunch of houses. And again, this like God started building in me this adventure. Like this is really really fun. Um, years later, I found out that that might not have been the best thing to do. Um, because it caused a lot of problems there afterwards. Um, but God still used it in my life. Um, and he still used it to start building this desire. This I almost became addicted. Because afterwards I was like, when's the next mission trip I'm going to go on? You know? And so the next mission trip I go on is to New Zealand. Which is not a poor country. Um, and it's really, really pretty. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? You know what? New Zealand looks just like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, but it was there, and I went for a little bit longer, I went for two weeks. It was there that I realized that it doesn't matter if the poor or rich, people still need the gospel. Because we went and we went to this city and we uh, helped out with this church and most of the Asian international students go to New Zealand first. And we were there and we helped and we did Bible studies and we talked with people and we realized, man, like, they need Jesus, they need the gospel. You know, they don't need a house, they need Jesus. So I come back from that and again, I'm, I'm like, all right, when's my next trip? Then I go to the Philippines about a half a year later. And that's my favorite trip because I get to play basketball. I play, we go for 22 days. I play like 30 games of basketball. Uh, we traveled everywhere and we preached the gospel. And we use basketball as an avenue to bring people to know the good news of Jesus. And it was there that I encountered for the first time spiritual warfare. Um, there that I saw actual missionaries that had been there for 20 years. Um, and I saw, like, I looked up to 
these people and realize they're just like me. <laughs> There's nothing special about them. They're just following what God has called them to do. And um, so I come back and my desire is growing and growing and I have this like, start having this weird view of missions. Like you have to be like, although you're normal, you kind of, you have to be adventurous. I told you guys last time that I told my friend after the Philippines, it's like, I want to be a missionary for life. I want to be a missionary just like Indiana Jones. <laughs> like I had this weird view. I even started buying clothes that looked like Indiana Jones. I was like, I'm going to be a missionary in the jungle. I better buy some boots like Indiana Jones. I even bought the hat. I thought about buying a whip. But that wouldn't really work. But again, this, this view, like... This view that this missions is this adventure of a lifetime. It's all great. You're going to, you know, find the treasure, save people, things like that. Um, was in my mind. So I signed up for my next trip. And I go to Vietnam. And in Vietnam, that's when I uh, came face to face with the underground church. People who can't meet like this who have to meet in secret because the government doesn't want them um, to talk about Jesus or know anything about religion. And there I realized, oh, it's really hard. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, it's still fun. We traveled everywhere. And we went to cafes. And they used us as um, basically as baits. And people would come in and like, who are these guys? And they start talking about Jesus, the translators. And I get back from there and I'm like, all right, that's it. I want to do this for life. I'm set. I want to do it for life. I, was, I think I was ready. And so I go to my missions pastor at the time up north and I say, hey, I want to be a missionary for life. I got the clothes. Um, and what do, what do you want me to do? How, how do I get out there? I want to quit school. I want to just go. And he's like, all right, all right. Um, well, we have a, uh, we're connected with this mission organization, a very small one. I'm going to send you out there um, to do this little small assessment. And then afterwards, you're going to go for two years to Nepal. So I was like, all right, I'm going. And I get out there and I start going through that counseling session. And they start asking me these questions. And I'm like, oh, dang, I don't know anything. And they have this, I remember I was in Indianapolis, and they rented this car for me, and I had to drive up north to Michigan, to Michigan. And I, I'm by myself, I don't know where I'm at, and I go to this counseling session by this lake, and they, after the counseling session, they give you this, um, there's a green light, yellow light, red light. Green light means you're ready to go, you pack your bags, you're going, and as soon as you can raise the money. Uh, yellow light means caution, but you're still going, you still got a couple things to do. And red light means, man, you're not ready at all, you might have some problems you need to work on, and I don't know if you should be missionary. I was a flashing yellow, borderline red. And I was like, what? I thought it was a green, at least a, you know, flashing green or something. Um, and it was like, you, you don't know why you want to go. You don't have a biblical foundation at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you know how to explain the gospel, really. And I was like, oh, dang. Um, you never lived outside, by, you know, uh, you never lived on your own. You never worked full time. Um, you have this fantasy about missions that you need to break. And I was like, dang. So I go home, you know, super humbled. 
and that led me to desire to like I need to know why in the world I need a biblical foundation why to do missions because he said you're going to go for two weeks it's going to be exciting and then it's going to get really really hard and you can't come home and you're going to figure out the hard way that this is not easy it is a calling but it's not easy and so that is that led me to go to Bible college which led me here which eventually led me to Livingstones and it's been my desire since I've met Britt that I want to be to go overseas but God had to bring me through all that and then through all of Bible college to really lay into me a foundation for missions in this world today. And so that's been my passion actually for the last couple years and I'm really excited uh, to talk about that today. And like we said, we have like five a little teachings or so. And But if we don't know the foundation, the biblical foundation of why we should even care about missions in this world, or why we should send out missionaries, or why that's even important, right? We won't stand. We won't send out missionaries. We won't be involved because we don't have a foundation. So, as many of you know, I love, 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 um, to teach the story of God. Um, I love to walk through Genesis. I love to walk through the whole story and go over every detail and show you how from the beginning God has had a heart for missions. So today we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> that would take maybe four or five hours because I can sit here for that long. And that's actually not how God actually taught me. That's not what got me to realize um, a biblical foundation for missions. He actually had to take me to the end of the story first. So today we're only going to go through two verses. Or two, two not verses, two sections uh, of verses. But we're going to start at the end of the story first. We're going to start in Revelation. Okay. Before that, um, I'll tell you why we're going to start at the end. <laughs> I have a confession, and this is really embarrassing. Kind of. Um, but I really, really love romantic novels. <laughs> Specifically, Christian romance books. Anybody really knows me? I'm a sucker for romance. I love romantic comedies. Um, even in action movies, I'm always like, what about the romance? <laughs> um, yeah. You know you guys like it. You're just hiding it behind the romance. action. Alright? But anyways... Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. This is true. Um, I like, uh, there's a specific author that I really like, Francine Rivers. She's great, okay? Redeeming Love is this book that I've read four times. Uh, and it's just a great book. But I was reading one of her uh, trilogies of books. And what I mean reading is mean I was into it. Like, I wasn't hanging out with my guy friends for like three weeks because I had to finish this book. 
um, just going to school, coming home, doing homework, and then reading a romance book. Uh, and I was into the story so much. Um, one time I was, I was at the third book, and I was about halfway done. And I was into the characters, and I wanted to know, man, this has got to end well. Because it was like emotional and anxiety. I mean, there's action involved and stuff, and gladiators and all that stuff. But I was like, okay, are these two going to get together or not? You know? <laughs> What's going to happen? It's been up and down. And so what I did to relieve my anxiety, I read the end. I read the final page. Just to see, just peek to see, right? If it's going to end well. And, I, and Spoiler, it ends well. <laughs> and I was like, and it was a huge relief on me. I was literally anxious. And then I was like, this is dumb. I can't believe I'm anxious about a Christian romance novel. I'm 23. Um, but anyways, I, I was so relieved to know that in the end, it was all going to work out. I wasn't going to waste my time reading this book. Um, and I, I had kind of the foundation to finish the rest of the book because it was a pretty, I was at a pretty dramatic part. And that's just a book, that's kind of dumb. But I highlight that because I think God has given us a glimpse, a sneak peek at the end for that same reason. I think in His graciousness, He's given us a sneak peek of what it's going to happen, what the end of time is going to be. So that we can know that, ah, in the end, it's going to be all okay. So that in the end, we know that, ah, God has got this in control. He knows the future, He knows our lives. And you know, in the end, it's going to be good for those who believe in Jesus. And I think this is the foundation actually for, for why we do missions on earth too. The why people sacrifice and willingly go to other countries. Okay, so I want us to look at Revelation um, chapter 5, 9 through 10. And there's other pictures in Revelation 7, but I want to focus on this one because it's the smallest one. <laughs> uh, and this is the one that God used for me. So I'm going to read it first in English, and then she will, Grace will read it in Spanish. So it's chapter, nine, or chapter 5, verse 9 through 10. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. So this, the context of this is God is opening up the heavens for John his disciple to see kind of the future and see this revelation and this is this is a scene in heaven a heavenly scene and this is praising uh, the lamb who is Jesus and this is a song they're singing about him you notice you know he's singing about right um, him being slain and purchasing people for God by his blood and this is the gospel and I want you to picture how massive this scene is like picture like the roof off of this being ripped open and the heavens being open to you 
right? It's a pretty astonishing scene. And so I want us to notice, I've noticed three things out of this when I'm talking about it. And I want us to focus on verse 9 where it says, um, well, we'll talk about tribe, but it, it, it says, um, persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's the part I want to focus on. Okay. So the first thing I notice um, in just that little sentence and this a part of what's going to happen at the end is that God is going to do an amazing thing. You see, the things that separate us our tribes our languages people, our nationalities our nations those things that separate the world and sometimes separate us even from coming to know the gospel those things in the end will not be an issue and coming to know God and coming to worship Jesus those things will not be an issue they're issues today but in the end they won't be an issue and I'll show you what I mean so we look at the first thing it says every tribe okay so if you think about it when I think of tribes what do you guys think of? like the jungle indigenous tribe native american tribes right but a tribe just is a group of people together that have common uh, language right they're, 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 they're a group so they can be families uh, we use them today we have tribes in america all the time cliques that's a tribe right um Sometimes it's our education, right? Groups of people, our friend groups, right? And since the beginning of time, tribes have been in conflict with one another. Tribes today, in, 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 in those jungle areas that are still alive today, they fight against one another. Because we, when we group ourselves together, what happens is we start to distrust those on the outside. And this distrust of those on the outside because they're not like us becomes fear. Fear of the others. And those usually, fear usually leads to hate, and hate usually leads to death and violence. Right. And so, when push comes to shove, we fight the other tribes. I mean, we see that in America. I worked at Whole Foods, and when um, I had... I remember a couple guy, a guy walked in and he, he was talking about the racial tension in, uh, I think it was Baltimore, I think. And he says, I'm not siding with them. 
talking about the protesters. I'm siding with my tribe, the whites. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, that's my tribe. That's my people. And I know in America we try to educate. But we still fight against one another. It's a separation. It's a thing that divides. And it can even divide people from knowing the gospel. Right? Some people say, see the gospel, Christ, as a particular tribe's God. Right? A foreign God. So, this thing that separates, this thing called tribes, it's a very small thing, um, in the end, it's not going to be an issue. Like, in the end, God is going to overcome this separation by tribes. In the end, all the tribes, of, uh, people from all the tribes of the, of the world will come to know God, will come to worship and understand Jesus. Right? And I think about us here in Livingstones, and I think that that's what God's doing. Like, He's doing that right now. It's not just an end thing. It's a right now thing. Right? We're all from our different tribes. We all have our different groups that we hang out with, our families. And yet, God is bringing us together to worship Him. Is it easy? No. <laughs> but He's doing it. And this is like, this is the first thing that brought like this foundation of hope to me. Like, okay, if God has called me to love the other tribes, it's really good to know that in the end, He's going to bring all the tribes together. He's going to overcome that barrier. Right? And we as living stones are a small picture of that. Okay. Um, the next thing in the list is language. Now to me, this is the biggest barrier, I think, between peoples coming together. Like how are we supposed to love and understand people if we can't talk with them? And it's a hard I mean, translation. It's hard. It's tough. That's one language. <laughs> And yet, in the end, God is going to bring people from every language together to worship Him. And they're all going to say the same thing. But looking from a human perspective, this task, or this, not task, this, um, this barrier of language to me seems insurmountable. I don't know if it's a word. Yeah. Like it seems almost impossible to overcome. Right now on the earth, on earth I looked this up last night, there's 6,909 living languages. And when, you, when I'm saying languages, don't think just words. Think people speaking those languages. Now try, in your seats right now, try to think as many languages as you can in your head. Just the top of your head. I bet you no one can think of even 20 languages. Different languages. Grace said she can do 30. That's pretty good. That's not even close to 6,909. 
And the number keeps growing because we keep finding people with different languages. Yes, I get people speak multiple languages, things like that. But that's a lot of languages to overcome to translate this word so that people can understand in their own language the love of God in Christ, right? In the gospel. But, again, the hope, the picture at the end is that's not going to be an issue. Right? This language barrier, God is going to overcome so that all peoples can come to worship Him and all peoples can come to serve Him and know Him as Lord. At least have, or at least have an opportunity to hear that. And I want you, for those who have a Bible, I want you to hold your Bible out. Even if you have your phone, you can hold your phone out. Right. What language is your Bible in? English, probably. Spanish. Right? And there's different languages out there that have translations. When this was written, was it written in English? Was it even written in Spanish? You know what it was written in? It was written in an ancient Greek or Koine Greek. No one on earth speaks Koine Greek today. It's considered a dead language. So do you think John, who speaks a dead language 2,000 years ago, when he saw this, and he, he, he was told that every, uh, people from every language will come to know Jesus or come to worship Jesus. Do you think he was thinking about English or Spanish? Do you even think that was in the realm of possible languages in his mind? Probably not. Right? He probably was only Greek or maybe, I don't know, Aramaic, Hebrew. I don't even think he was thinking like one day people in living Canoga Park in this faraway country called uh, California. It's a different country. Uh, would be speaking and understanding the good news and understanding this passage. So, God has overcome already a lot of language barriers to get this gospel to us. Right? It's taken a lot of years, 2,000 years, but it's come to us. And, 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 and so this part of this picture, we're already accomplishing that. There's a lot of languages still to go. And God's going to do a lot of cool work to do to get that there. Alright? Alright, the next thing, the last thing we see here, it says, and people and nations. So when you think of nation, what do you think of? America, right? America, sorry. Countries, right? But I don't want you to think countries. Because country lines change. Right? Europe before World War I <laughs> was a lot different than Europe after World War I. Right? This, this word for nations is actually, um, it's more, meant to more mean ethnic, ethnic groups or ethne. That's the Greek word. 
Okay? So he's saying people, not just tribes, but people from different ethnic groups are going to come to know and hear and at the end of time to worship Jesus. Right? And we look today and we say, man, ethnics... Ethnicity divides people. Right? There's wars started because of ethnic tensions. There's ethnic cleansing on this earth. Racism. Right? That's just the big things and everything in between. Prejudice. There's even ethnic groups that um, they're their ethnicity defines their religion. If you're Hindu, you're Indian. If you're Indian, you're Hindu. That's a, generally. Right? Like when I went to Vietnam, they were Vietnamese. They're also Buddhist. And they didn't separate that. To be Vietnamese was to be Buddhist. And these ethnicities divide and no matter no, I mean we, we in the West try to educate and try to overcome this ethnic barriers and it's just not happening the way we like it right it's still an issue right? but good news in the end it's not going to be an issue God is going to overcome that barrier. And again, we are proof of that here at Livingstones. We have a lot of different ethnicities in this room. Filipino. Right, Peruvian. Mexican. Honduran, Salvadorian. Right, all different ethnicities. Right? Ecuadorian. Ecuadorianos. Oh, I went to Ecuador as well, too. So. <laughs> but it was a study abroad, and it was great. Um, yeah, God is doing that amongst us. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Right. And God is doing His work, and it just gives me great hope that this is going to be accomplished in the future. We're going to be there worshiping alongside of all the different ethnic groups. And we're going to be like, wow. God did that with you guys? Wow. It's going to be amazing. There's no um, barriers that we created, that we have created. Yeah. Or, or things in our flesh that we've used to divide. That God is not going to overcome through the gospel. Again, this is like the end of the story of the book. This is this is giving us a foundation, a hope that wow, God's call. This is going to happen. So the second thing that I see, um, the first thing was that the, the uh, second thing that I see is that while the there uh, these differences that we have will not be an issue. They're still there. There are still going to be different tribes at the end. There's still going to be people from different languages at the end. There's still going to be people from different nations and ethnicities. But they're not going to be 
divisive anymore. God's not getting rid of those things in us. He's not making us and teaching us a new language. Teaching us, you know, making us a new ethnic group. Right? What he's doing is he's redeeming all those things. He's redeeming the tribes of the earth. Right? Sure, he's going to get rid of and recall to repent of our wicked deeds that we do as tribes, as people with different languages. Sure, we're going to not speak wicked things. <laughs> right? But he's not getting rid of it. And that is huge for missions because when we go tell the gospel, we can say truly it's a universal gospel for all peoples. You don't have to become American to be a Christian. You don't have to speak English to know Jesus. You don't have to speak Spanish to know Jesus. Or to be a good Christian, right? And that is a barrier that has been in a lot of missions throughout the years. Because it's seen as a foreign God. And it's almost taught that way. But God made the different languages. God made the different nations. Is we who have corrupted that. And yet at the end, God is going to uh, redeem that in us. So, I have a little quiz for you guys. Every week, we uh, say our mission statement. Manny can't answer this. Anybody recite the mission statement to me? For ba- just top of their head. Anybody? I'm going to give it a shot. Nima, you want to give it a shot? I see it. No. Yeah? Okay, so, uh, Manny, go for it. What is it? You don't have a... You can say it together, fine. Alright, let's say it together. Reconciled and reconciling multi-ethnic, multi-language, multi-class, gospel-centered community. You notice what we don't say? We don't say multi-culture. You ever wonder why? Why? That's very intentional. It's because God is not creating a bunch of cultures. He's creating one culture, the kingdom culture. Made up of many different people from every tribe, every language, and every ethnicity. Right? We are all under the Lord Jesus, but we are, we are different. And we celebrate our diversity. We have unity in diversity. And that shows the power of the gospel. The power of Jesus to accomplish that on earth today. And He's doing that right now amongst us. Right? We're seeking to be that. 
And it shows even more the glory of, the, uh, of God. And I think that's pretty amazing. And that makes the gospel accessible to all the peoples on the earth. Right? And then this, I said it had three things. And I've mentioned this throughout my sermon. The third thing, and to me, this is the one that um, really set it home for me. Is that this picture of the end is not a suggestion. This picture at the end is not a what if. It's not a fantasy. This picture is at the end is going to happen. This will be accomplished. God is giving us this picture to show us that yes, in the end, this is going to be accomplished. Every people or persons from every tribe Every language, every people and nation will worship Jesus. The gospel will go to the ends of the earth. Right? Amen. But just like in the story I read, we're not at the end of the story yet. I'm in chapter 10. There might be 15 chapters, we don't know. But we're in the middle of the story, but we know the end. And this is the foundation for why we do missions. Is that God, Jesus, and the gospel will be preached to all the nations. And Jesus deserves to be worshipped by every single people group on earth. And this is his mission on earth. And this is what is going to happen at the end times. And this is not just, this picture is not just for the church or just for Christians. This is a picture of the end of history. This is much bigger than what's just happened for living stones. This is a global picture. So I gave you the why. So now, the question we ask is that if this is the picture of the future, if this is going to happen, if this matters in the end, and the only thing that matters in the end, how do we align ourselves with that mission? What do we do? Do we sit back and just hope it happens? Do we build our own kingdom? Do our own thing? And at the end of time this happens and we're like, God, I was doing my thing. So that's a question I've asked myself for the last know, 15 years. <laughs> How can I align myself with this vision? Because I believe I'll say this. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are called, all of us, to align ourselves with the mission of God on earth. To seek this picture. To be proactive in seeing that all peoples from all tribes and every language and every ethnicity on earth 
to know the Lord Jesus and to hear the gospel. And then the question again is how? And the answer is really simple. He accomplishes this goal through his people. It's through us. I can walk through the whole Bible and show you, right, through the story of God, how over and over God chooses people and saves people so that they will continue on his mission and they will be a blessing to the world and to their neighbors and to their enemies. You can go to Genesis and go to Abraham and you can see God choosing Abraham to love him and save him so that he will be a blessing to all the nations of the world, to all the different families and different languages. You can walk through the people of Israel and you can see they are supposed to be a kingdom of priests. Just like the end of the verse says. Serving God and bringing people to know the God of Israel. You can walk through different passages and it's very clear that God uses people. And sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes God moves His people in ways they don't want to be moved. But He accomplishes His plan. And the ultimate picture is Jesus, right? He came from heaven to earth, right? He was a missionary to us. Why? So He can come here and build a castle? So you come here and live comfortably? No, he was on a mission from day one. And his mission was to reach us, to save humanity. But I want to go, um, I'm to end with this. I want to go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Okay. And this is a command that Jesus gives before he ascends to heaven. This is after right, the cross and the resurrection. But before the growth of the church. This is what he tells his disciples to do. Let me read it. I'll read it in English and then she'll read it in Spanish. Um, it says... Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like I said, this is right before he ascends to heaven. And it's kind of the last commission. They call this the Great Commission. This is what you're going to do now, disciples. I've already died for your sins. I've already resurrected and defeated death. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go and make disciples. Where? All the nations. 
All the peoples of the earth. But I think what's even more amazing is that right before that he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So the earth is mine. You have the authority and the right to go wherever you want and make disciples. And it will be accomplished. Sure, there's a lot of scary places on earth that we're afraid of in our minds. And legitimately are terrifying. And a lot of places that looks like yeah, that the, uh, Satan has a hold over. But all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And he is greater than anybody, uh, than Satan, right? Than he who is in the world. And because of that, we can go anywhere and make disciples. And that's what we're doing right now to the best of our ability here in Lanark Park. We are the nations trying to make disciples of Jesus. But we just can't stop there. We can't just look locally. We have to have a global mindset. Why? Because God uses His people. He uses us. And like we said in Revelation, the end, that is the end. That is what's going to happen. And so my heart for Living Stones is that we start thinking through this and that we become Christians who are seeking, who are proactive and seeing that all peoples of all nations, all tribes and all languages come to know and hear the gospel. And that will be the purpose of our life. Because this is a calling not just for special people. It's not a calling for those who have the adventurous spirit or are really good at speaking. Or, yeah, like Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's not a calling just for, right? It's a calling for all followers of Jesus. The church is supposed to be expanding to all the nations and all the world. So my heart is that we seek to do that. We seek to ask that question. You, individually, in your groups, how are we to be a part of this? And we'll talk about that in other sermons more specifically. Ways it's been throughout history and ways we can do it today. But I want you, we have to have the foundation of why. Because this is the heart of God. Always has been. And he wants that in you guys. So let me pray for you guys. And, yeah. Jesus, thank you for a calling. I thank you that in the end, all the peoples of the earth will come to know you. People from every tribe, language, and nation will have a chance to hear your gospel. And we pray um, that us as a church will be thinking through that and reevaluating uh, re our lives to seek that picture. That I would do that. That I'd sacrifice the things that I want to do for your sake and for your kingdom. We look forward for that day and we thank you that you got everything under control and we can have that hope in the end and we thank you Lord that you've given us great grand mission and we can do that together and do that in community and do that and spur one another on to see that goal accomplished 
because Jesus you deserve it you're the one that died you're the one that resurrected and all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you we pray that in your name Jesus Amen.